Welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Switch podcast, where we dig deep into Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you besides. We're going to unwrap kingdom culture, kingdom benefits, and therefore kingdom lifestyle. I'm Trish Jones, and with me is Susan Fleming Speesman. And just to say, it's all good. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Kingdom Switch. And today I'm with Susan again, and we are going to be completing the episode that we did last time on identity. We kind of went on a different track. And so we are doing part two today. So Susan, say hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be doing part two because I I know I kind of hijacked part one. <laughs> but it, it hopefully was it was yeah, yeah. Hopefully it was helpful for some people and <laughs> we'll stay on track this time around. Uh you promise because I don't <laughs> <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> okay, excellent job. Yeah, that that uh, actually, as I said, I think it was a good, it was um, a good hijack uh, last time. So we kind of get, went into territory that we didn't intend to. I learned some things about Susan that I didn't know, which was uh, groovy. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to kind of move on really and talk more about knowing who we are and then realigning um, with who we are. So um, Susan, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have something to say about how do we begin to start manifesting who we really are? This is so important. And I probably overuse that and say, say that a lot. Everything I say, I'm, I preface with, this is so important. Y'all listen, this is so important, <laughs> but okay. this is really the crux of it, right, is that, and I may have mentioned this last time, but for my own journey, and I can even say for my clients' journeys, what the process has been and what they've shared and what I've seen personally is that it's not enough to say, this is what God says about me, Mm -hmm. that we really have to own it be responsible for that, right? Not just accept it, but really take responsibility and ownership of this is who I say I am. And then you can, you know, look at the differences in what you say and what God says and see, you know, am I believing truth? Am I speaking truth? Or is it something that needs to be changed? But like I said, for my own journey, it wasn't enough for me to say, well, this is what God says about me, because I still really didn't believe it. That's, I love the fact that you actually brought that up because that's going to take me straight into, and I've got to keep my mouth by the microphone. <laughs> that's going to take me straight into Romans chapter four, right? What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It's like, wow, we um, we kind of see righteousness as being goody goody. Did we do good? And yet this is telling us that if Abraham was focused on his own works, 
Yes, he could boast about it, but he cannot boast in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. He can't boast in God because it's not about his works. It was the fact that he believed what God believed about him that it was counted for righteousness. Mm -hmm. It was what Abraham believed, what God believed about him. And that's the same with us. It's what we believe that God believes about us. And then we start manifesting who we are because then we stop focusing on what other people say about us. And we start believing what God says about us. And I do think that one of the biggest problems is we as believers still have very much a sin conscious. And if we don't have sin conscious, we have an Old Testament conscious. And so we find it difficult to believe that the work on the cross literally was finished. And Susan, you said something about truth just now. And I learned something the other day. Uh, I can't remember the person's name. But he was saying that, you know, the scripture says you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is about seeing from God's reality. So the reality that we tend to get stuck with is, do we have enough money to pay the bills? Is Jesus going to come through for me on in uh, this time? When am I going to be redeemed? When I get to heaven, I'm going to really enjoy life. But for right now on this hell stricken earth. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't want anything that this world has to offer. For a start, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So if God owns it, I have authority over it. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, we don't have ownership, but we certainly uh, are supposed to be stewards. And so we are supposed to be focusing on the fact that everything everything on this earth is God's, but we kind of twisted it. But going back to what I was saying, the truth is the reality, God's reality. But we often tend to look at the world's reality, and that's what we kind of go with the flow instead of looking at what God's reality is. And I do think the problem has been the absence of discussing the kingdom. And I know the podcast is called Kingdom Switch, but we really literally need to start studying what it looks like to switch kingdoms Mm. and live in the kingdom of God, because otherwise all of the influences that we have been influenced with from childhood to adulthood, through school, through government, through church, just being real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've got to start analyzing all of these things. And when we said last time, Susan, you know, as Jesus is, so I am in this world. The question is, does Jesus go around every day looking at sin or looking for sin? Did I say something wrong? And of course, he is the son of God, so he's not going to. But he's saying that we need to be like him. Oh, I would say is deeper than that. He doesn't oh, just say, be like me. He said, you are one with me. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. We are the righteousness of God. Not that not we have it. Yeah. He says we are it. It is who we are. It's not, you know, there's um, Old Testament scripture that talks about putting on the robe of righteousness. This goes beyond that. In the better covenant, Jesus says, you're one with me as I am in you and you are in me. I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. Right? So we are the righteousness of God. But it goes back to where we started of, do we believe that? 
because we're not going to live that out if we don't actually believe it. He can tell us that all day long, but if we don't own it, if we don't believe it for ourselves, then we're not going to act that out. And we will be focused on all the sin instead of righteousness. Wow. Wow. Where do I, where do I go with this? Because that's so true. (laughs) Because seriously, Susan, in church, you know, a lot of the preaching is the finger pointing, you know, you didn't do, um, you should have done. It's all the should have and shouldn't have, shouldn't have done. And so that's the kind of um, mindset that we're raised with. And so, you know, you said to me the other evening about the fact that we focus on behaviors and there are some people, no matter where they go, they're looking at everybody else's behavior and then framing it according to their Christian framework. And then Mm -hmm. saying, I can't speak to those people because they don't dress like me. They don't speak like me. And I remember one day, one one of my pastors saying, why do you keep going on about sinners? Sinners are supposed to sin. (laughs) But but we are supposed to be carriers of the kingdom and where we go, it doesn't mean that we have to dress like them, speak like them, act like them. But for goodness sake, we are not supposed to be so detached from them that they cannot see Christ. And to me, that's one of the biggest problems with identity in the church is that we cannot be who we want. We need to be around the people we're supposed to be speaking to Hmm. so instead of looking at them and understanding how much god loves them and he wants the best life for them we focus on they've got a drink in their hand they're smoke smoking a spliff you know they're um you know they're they're over there taking drugs they're doing all of these things and these are just these are the outworkings of what is really going on inside of them but at the same time, us looking down on them is an outworking of what is really inside of us. But who is really inside of us is Christ Jesus. Mm. And so if we had more compassion and we looked at that person who is drunk as a skunk, and we can say, Lord, set them free. You know, they really need to be set free. But how many times do we do that? But instead, start going, Oh, we're so much better than them because we don't drink, <laughs> you know, we don't smoke, you know. Um, yeah. It's sad that we've brought Christianity down to just those patterns. Well, I think but you we- made a great distinction there that I want to put everybody's attention on. Go for it. Christianity is a list of rules. It's a religion, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Christianity is a religion kingdom is relationship amen and that's a completely different (laughs) mindset you know perspective whatever word you want to put there it you're going to live completely differently if you're focused on religion and rules versus relationship with your father and your brother yeah absolutely I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm glad you cut me off. No, that's uh, that's really good because as well, when we look at where the word Christia- Christianity comes from and Christian, Jesus didn't bring that. Jesus spoke about kingdom. And I think we said last time in the last episode, the people that Jesus would point a finger at, as it were, wasn't the woman caught in adultery. 
it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who thought that they were better than everybody else and that they had they had this thing down, man. I know God. I'm in mm. the synagogue all day and I read my Bible. And that's unfortunately how we have become. And I believe that it is not a coincidence that Jesus is bringing to our attention more and more that the kingdom is what he came to bring, a kingdom, a government, the government of heaven. He did not come to bring a set of rules, etc. And I know people are probably thinking to themselves, well, does that mean that you guys go out and do what you want to do and that you sin all day? Uh, no. Um, but what it does mean is that when I have a relationship with Christ Jesus, I am going to behave like my big brother. I'm going to behave like my my savior. I'm going to be like my father. And it's not going to be, I do this um, because I have to be seen to be the religious person. I do this as a result of my relationship with Jesus Christ, my heavenly father and with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not, I, I can say for me, when I was in that religious mindset, I would do what I, quote, should do out of obligation, like mm-hmm. you just said. But when your mindset switches to this righteousness consciousness that this is who I am, when you own the identity of who you actually are, I don't sit there and think about, should I do this? Should I not do this? There's no Mm. questions going on in my head anymore. Like I'm just acting out of who I believe I am. Absolutely. So it's a completely different, I don't know a better way to explain it other than that. It's just, I'm not thinking about it. Well, let's take, um, I, I live in England. Everyone can probably tell by my accent and uh, <laughs> the south of England, which is why I sound like a farmer. Um, <laughs> well, I'm in the south of the U.S., so I sound like a country girl, too. <laughs> oh, right, there you go, because I actually thought you were texting the other day, didn't I? I thought, oh, gosh, I hope Susan wasn't offended by that. <laughs> so let's take uh, the um, the queen, right, and your royalty. There's certain things, there's a protocol that you go by as a royal that the rest of us don't live by that protocol. And But you bring somebody else in to the kingdom, the royal mm-hmm. arena, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily know what the protocol is, right? So um, again, I'm not going to go into the politics with what's going on with Meghan and Harry, because to be quite honest, I don't listen to most of it anyway. But let me just use an example. The first time, apparently, that Meghan was going to meet the Queen, Harry explained to her that she has to curtsy. And she was like, you what? (laughs) And he said, Meghan, she's my grandmother. Yes, but she is the Queen of England. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my goodness me. You see, protocol protocol it might be his grandmother but he has to curtsy to or bow whatever he would do uh to the queen and they live a certain a, a different lifestyle that when they're out in public they put on they put on a certain display and we can say it's put on but in the end it becomes who they are because if they're brought up in the royal circles they don't know anything else hmm. so 
you know, unlike I would just walk out my front door and open the car door and walk in it. The queen's got somebody standing there opening the door for her. And poor Megan one day opens the car door herself. <laughs> Apparently the queen's just looking at her like, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know any different. And it's that, it's that protocol that if we are, how can I put it? It's in their DNA. They yeah. don't know any different. This is the kingdom that they were raised in. So if they were to spend a day in my environment, they'd be like, what? You just did what? <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that that's what we're lacking in knowing who God is. And so we don't know who we are because we don't know who God is. And we certainly don't know what Jesus did for us. Man, this could be a, a whole episode on its own. We don't know what Jesus did for us. We don't know that he, um, the chastisement of our peace, it says, was upon him. Mm. And he took that place so that we didn't have to live with the sin conscious, so that we could live with the reality of what God wants for us. Mm. But instead, we've kind of played this trade-off game. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. We've taken that phrase right? That verse, we're in the world, not of the world. And we've taken it to mean that we're supposed to separate ourselves from it. Yeah. But if you look at how Jesus lived, who did he hang out with? He didn't separate Satan. himself from the quote sinners, right? Who, you know, so we, if we're looking at that, at his example, he didn't separate himself. And that's not what we're here to do. Wow. Which I know that's probably a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. But I, I, I want to say, sorry, go on. Go Susan. ahead. No, you go. No, I was going to say to go back to that identity piece, though, I think a really important key that you, you said that I don't want to gloss over is that we don't know who God is. Mm -hmm. He's the one that identifies us. So, how can we know ourselves if we don't know? the one who created us. Absolutely. I mean, we have, that's a whole nother, you know, we have a whole distorted view of who he is to where we don't want to get to know him because we're afraid. Most of the time, most people are afraid. They see angry God or um, absent God. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and so we're not pursuing relationship to get to know him. So you will never get to the point of knowing you absent from knowing him. Wow. That is so, so true. I just want to, I'm hoping I'm not deviating from identity, but I think it's important. You know what? It's a big piece. You know, when the Bible talks about us being separated from the world and the world and the world and the world, mm -hmm. what we have to understand is there's this distinction between the world and the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God on the earth. What man has done has created a world within the earth. And that is the world that God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is trying to get us away from. And so there is systems in the world that they want us to operate and behave in these certain ways. 
education system, the financial system, the health system, the uh, what other systems are there? Basically, the governments of this world have created all of these systems that are often contrary to what God wanted. They started off the way God wanted. And, and how many great schools and hospitals were started off by uh, believers in Christ that then somebody else comes along and says, I've got big money to give you. You want some of my money and I'll take your, take mm. your thing. And then they have ruined it. Right. Yeah. Um, we've got banks in England that were started off. In fact, my business bank account um, is with a company called Barclays and Barclays was started off by a believer who had certain ethics and, and people just loved the banking system. Now it's, it's all one with all of the big conglomerates and you cannot tell the difference between these banks and somebody else, uh, um, the world system, because that is the world system that God was talking about. And yet we have meant it to believe people and we've looked at individuals and their behaviors. And then of course, I heard somebody say this in a program that I belong to called Consulting Accelerator. And he said, did you know that when you're pointing a finger at somebody else and their behavior, at some point it's going to come back and bite you in the behind because you're going to be thinking, oh, I better not behave like that. And so instead of actually go doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're thinking to yourself, well, I criticized that person the other day. And this is all happening subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't happening consciously, but subconsciously you're thinking because you criticized X, Y, Z for what they did, everything you do you have got this critical teacher on top of you saying, ah, you better not do that because that means that you'll be no different than so-and-so, so-and-so, which is why I don't do this church bashing thing, right? I don't care who they are. They could be Hillsong. They could be, I don't, I, I, I'm just like, suddenly I'm deaf <laughs> and suddenly I'm blind. <laughs> I am not at all interested because if I get swept up in that, I am going to lose who I am and I am going to be thinking better not drive that nice car because otherwise everyone's going to be saying <laughs> she should have taken that money and given it to the poor. I mean, mind your own business for a start. There's a lot in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because it is, you know, focusing on what everybody else thinks is what it becomes. So we've, we've got to, I love this quote that you have, and I don't know if you want to say it or if I can go ahead and say it, <laughs> you go ahead. but I definitely want to bring it in, um, by Cindy Trim. If you don't make a series of I statements, you will forever live with a series of you statements. And that's, that's you know, gosh, that's just so well said that we're focused on what everybody else thinks of us. Mm -hmm. what everybody else thinks we or says we should be or should do, right? And we focus in on others' expectations, really. Absolutely. And it's the bane of a lot of the problems that we have. Um, I think there's two things, and one comes from the other. One of them is our selfishness. Very often we're very, very selfish, right? But selfishness, in my view, comes from the fact that we don't know who we are. I always take the, I, I love the story of Lot and Abraham, right? When Lot basically says, oh, 
you know, and I'm paraphrasing. I do love to paraphrase. So nobody come back to me and say, you didn't preach King James because no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) This is Trish Jones's rendition of Lot says to Abraham, "Ah, you know, it's getting too much. You know, your people and my people on the same field, just give me my own. And Abraham says to him, bro, (laughs) (laughs) just look out there and any one you want, just take it. You want this field, you want the West field, you want the East field, just take any one you want. And Lot scans the land and he says, yeah, I want that one. Because guess what? Abraham was so confident that Lot, you can't take anything from me that my daddy in heaven ain't going to make sure that I have. So guess what? I don't care. Do you want the big mansion over there or do you want the small cottage down there? Because whichever one you take, Lot, I'm good because I know that my daddy in heaven is taking care of me. That's that's a huge statement. <laughs> Just to show, I mean, that's an incredible example of his security, not in himself, but in God. Absolutely. God provides. God is, God's got me. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, he trusted God to the point to where he could say, openly freely lot pick whatever it doesn't matter not because he didn't care but because he trusted god absolutely and he wasn't relying on himself to do anything yeah yes Mm. yeah i mean look at how abraham became rich (laughs) i i think i was um the first time i really started reading the bible from beginning to end i'm not i'm not happy to say that that was the case i'm not proud but it was when Elodie was born and we went on holiday when I think Elodie was about six months. And I just felt compelled to pick up my Bible and just start reading from Abraham to Revelation. Mm-hmm. And Chris said to me whilst we're away, you're like a kid who has just discovered something new. And I'm like, but look, Abraham lied. And then he walked <laughs> out with all of these riches. He said, tell them that you're my sister. Don't tell them that you're my wife. And that was when I I didn't understand. I didn't know the word because grace was not used the way that we understand grace now. But that's when I started to understand that, hey, God is not looking at every single thing I say and do wrong. Wow, this is really um, interesting. And then then what does he call? um, Well, Jacob means the word itself means deceiver. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and yet God loved him. If we look at David, yeah, you, you didn't just kill the man. You, you didn't just take the man's wife and sleep with the man's wife. Mm. You then decided that you're going to kill the man and try and cover it up under, oh, he was on the battlefield and he died. And yet God looks at David and A calls him friend and says that he is a man after my own heart. And yet if somebody in the Christian circles now makes a mistake. Whoa, everybody is on them. I couldn't do that. That couldn't be me. And yet the Bible says, be careful about us pointing the finger at others because we don't know that we might fall into, I know I'm paraphrasing the scripture, that we might fall into that sin. But everybody's like, no, not me. I I absolutely couldn't do that. But you know, can we just quickly talk about repentance as it pertains to identity, Susan? Because I know you said last time that you don't even repent. So tell me what repentance means to you. I've gotten a lot of questions since I made that statement. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. 
Um, I had a lot of people come at me for that. So what I'm saying is I don't do it in the sense that most people think about repentance is begging God, Mm -hmm. forgive me. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not begging. I'm not groveling. I'm not, you know, I remember my position. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my position in him, right? I remember that part of my identity is I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. He has chosen me. I am in him and he is in me. And when I remember that, I will apologize. Yes. But I don't beg forgiveness because he said it is finished. Am I allowed to clap on here? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, Susan, if we keep focusing on, and I and I again I think I mentioned last time that there was a book that I read many years ago, and you wouldn't do anything else. There would be no time for you to praise Jesus because you're on your knees all the time, forget um asking forgiveness and groveling. And I remember actually a time when um I kept going to God and apologizing about something, and God actually pulled me up on it. And this was when I was a, a teenager. But the truth of the matter is, right. If I'm coming to God and I'm saying, God, I'm really, really sorry that I slept with so-and-so last night. And I know I'm gone to the extreme, right, with the adultery, but uh, it's okay. My husband's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right, he, he, he knows I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm really, really sorry that I slept with Fred last night. I, I, I don't want to be doing that. And in my head, I'm thinking, I can't wait till tomorrow night. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm gone back and I'm gone to sleep with Fred again. And I'm enjoying it, but then I'm using it as an excuse all the time that, God, I'm really, really sorry. God is not interested in our words. What God is interested in is our heart. Mm. So we make a mistake. And when we make a mistake, and for me, I go, God, I shouldn't have done that, should I? That was not good. Right. And I'm looking at, I wish I hadn't done it. And by the way, we're not talking about sleeping with another man. (laughs) you know i can imagine somebody taking that one little clip and saying look at that you know she's even she's even sleeping with somebody else (laughs) um um, but the the difference is that it's it's a heart matter right Mm -hmm. and so if somebody is just going with a whole load of words and there's not really the repentance so that's what i was saying god is looking at your heart Whether you wish for me, I would say, I wish I hadn't done that thing. And as David said to God, God, it was the fact that I sinned against you. So in other words, you're so awesome. And Jonathan said to him, you could have had anybody. David, you're king. You could have had anybody you want, but you decide that you want to go take the man's wife. Yeah. Right. Just because you were where you shouldn't have been and you watched her bathing, you know, you should have closed your eyes and gone back inside. But no, you're like, I want these some of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what did he do? He abused his position. He abused his position in order to get her. Yeah. And so all of these selfish acts were at play. And what God wants to get out of us, out of our hearts, is the selfishness that brought us to that place in the first place. So when it comes to manifesting, so let's go on to um, manifesting the real us, who we really are. I've actually got here in my notes that it is about changing the image on the inside of us 
and it's thinking about what we're thinking about. It's meditating on the right thing. And if we're constantly looking at where we are failing, we can never display the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to righteousness, consciousness. Nice one. And I would say too that, you know, sin is not behavior. Again, if we're just focused on behaviors, nothing's going to change. Nothing is going to change. I mean, I lived like that for years and lived in so much anxiety because I was constantly worried about what I was doing or Mm -hmm. not doing, right? It was about the behavior, the doing, the performance. And when you switch into this mindset of I am the righteousness of God, I am one with him. He is in me and I am in in him. Mm -hmm. When you're focused on that, the behavior doesn't come up. Like all of all of those thoughts that I used to have about the should and the shouldn't and ought to's and well, what's so and so gonna think? Mm. It doesn't matter anymore. Absolutely. It does not matter. Again, it goes back to what you're believing, what's in your subconscious, that's how you're gonna operate. So you've got to go back to meditating on what is truth. And you meditate mm-hmm. on it until you believe it. And then you'll operate out of it naturally. It's effortless. There's no thought to it. I love that. Andrew Womack does a series called Effortless Change. Mm-hmm. And in essence, that's what he's talking about. When we have that relationship with Christ, he said, listen, I commit less sin by not focusing on sin more than those people who are focusing on sin and then they sin because that's what they're focusing on. And I always say that when we become a believer in Christ, when we accept Christ into our lives, and we're basically saying, Lord, take over my life and let my way be your way, right? Because that's that's what's happening. But Mm -hmm. this isn't a behavior modification program. And that's what we've made it. We've Mm -hmm. made it into a behavior. This isn't, what is it? CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy this is not i'm speaking to the therapist now by the way (laughs) be careful when i come out with these terms i better know what i'm talking about (laughs) right but this isn't cbt it's not behavior it's not a behavior modification program but this is what we've made it and you know going back to where we started when we focus on identity when we don't see who we are in christ and we don't manifest the true person of who we are then we end up living with the wrong partner we end up with the wrong living in the wrong house we end up with the wrong friends we end up in the wrong job doing the wrong um uh, uh, vocation in life and then we wonder why we're miserable yeah and if we were just to scale back and just keep saying god who am i Jesus, show me who I am in you and actually start peeling off the layers that everybody else has thrown on us. Mm. We would just be so much happier. And, you know, I used to say to my daughter when she was younger, I know you want friends. It's important to you. And I remember her coming home one day 
crying her eyes out, don't want to go back to college because she's got no friends at college. And Chris and I were going, Elodie, you're going to get to the point where you're not even going to want any friends at college because you'll just want to go study because you don't want to have to go back there to do that next year. (laughs) (laughs) When it came down to it, at the end of the second year, she would phone us up. I'm off to the library now. Uh, So-and-so, so-and-so invited me, so-and-so, but I just want to go study. And she thought that we were crazy when we first said that. But we're like, you know, that's what college does. It separates those people who want to be there to work and those people who want to play, go there to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't mm-hmm. worry about the fact that you haven't got those friends, because guess what? If they're fake friends, they're not going to lead you in the right direction anyway. So, Susan, I think we're kind of bringing this to a close now. Um on the identity thing. And I do hope that people start thinking about what they're thinking about. And, you know, the Bible says as well, we have to cast down every imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And you know what that means? you got to fight for your identity. Mm. It means that you have to, every time there's a thought that comes in that somebody says, oh, you're like this, you have to shut it down and say, God, who am I? If you want to fight, don't fight people over what they think about you. (laughs) Fight your imagination. You know, I don't want this image of me, so Mm. I'm chucking it out. So God, Mm. show me who I am so I'm not focused on what that teacher said about me or, you know, what, um, you know, my parents said about me or what church said about me today because I was two minutes late. I'm always late. Well, cast off that identity. Yeah, you can't change anyone's mind but your own. Stop trying to change other people's minds <laughs> about who they think you are yeah, and change yours into who God says you are. And then yeah. you just live that out. And then they see that you're different. They see that you're not what they thought. And you don't have to say anything. You just yeah. live it out. And, you know, I was going to say one last thing, but man, this could be, <laughs> this could be a <laughs> podcast episode in itself. I was going to say absolutely get into the word but the reason i'm i'm saying that this could be an episode in itself the perspective with which you look at the word can actually cloud who Mm. you are because if you were raised with a religious mentality and a mentality of you're not anything you're nothing but a worm that is exactly the way that you're going to see the bible Mm. and this is why we need the holy spirit i say this all the time this is what makes us different to religious people mm-hmm. is that we're, we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit absolutely leads us into all truth if we ha- allow him. And the Holy Spirit will tell us what the Father sees in us, but we've got to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit as well. And we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes that when we read the word, we see the intention behind the word rather than what church has given us. The intentionality is huge in Mm. anything that you do. Anything. Anything, yeah. But especially in this identity piece, if if that's something that you're serious about changing and learning who God says you are and believing it for yourself, it, it has to be intentional. And you do have the Holy Spirit to help you with that. You know, everybody that we talked about today was Old Testament. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the Spirit all the time like we do. Absolutely. 
So if they can do it, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> and a, a new covenant. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Because our problem is we keep defining ourselves by either what we're going through or what we've gone through or what we've done rather than who Christ is. So, you know, mm. if we're broke. Wait, we say, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. We do what now? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that was so good. Let's let's say that one again. Oh my gosh, I forgot what I said now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what did I say? That we, well, define, we define ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. By Go what ahead. we're going through or what we've been through or what we've done rather than who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if we've got any money, we've not got any money, we say we're broke. No, you're not. Right now, in this particular situation, you may not have a lot of money, but who's your daddy? Yeah. Right. Who's your daddy and who are we in Christ Jesus? And so, you know, if we're sick, we define ourselves by our ailment rather Mm. than the fact that we, by his stripes, we were healed. Are you going to receive that healing, that gift of healing, or are you going to try and work for it? Mm. You know, and, and so if we, and then if we make a mistake, because everybody else defines us by our mistake. Oh yeah. That's so-and-so over there. Listen, <laughs> I go to a lot of funerals, right? Because that's how our community is. We support each other when somebody dies and you could go along. And I am telling you, you will get those people who just come along because they want to see what's going on. And yeah, you see so-and-so over there. Yeah. His woman is over there. He's sleeping <laughs> with so-and-so. <laughs> and then of course that person is defined by what they did. And then, of course, if we are projecting like that, as we said earlier, what are we then doing? We're projecting on us ourselves because then we define ourselves by what we have done, what we have, what situation we're going through. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about you, Susan, but even doing these podcasts ruffle my own feathers, right? I'm ruffling my own feathers because I'm saying, Trish, what are you believing about who mm-hmm. you are? in Christ. Yeah, we're definitely not here talking to y'all as if we have got it all figured out. <laughs> nope. Nope. I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. And we're work in progress. Um, but you know, when we when we when we know to do better and we don't do it, you know, mm-hmm. that in itself is that in itself is an issue because then we are again, expecting something else to come along that's going to change our mindset. And when it comes down to it, it is a mindset. The Bible says to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So again, for people who might listen to us and say, ah, you know, they're hyper grace. Well, first start, I'm not hyper grace, but I do understand grace. And I am so grateful for grace because I'd rather live in his grace then try to do the religious mm. yes and no's and maybe and whatever. So, you, you know, for those people looking at an excuse to say that they want to hold on to their religious mantra, I'm saying the beauty of who we are and who Christ is, is found in actually looking at him. And mm. when we look at him and we see that he didn't have a problem with identity, he didn't have a problem with who he was, even when the devil challenged him. Yeah. Remember that the yeah. devil got kicked out of heaven. So he knew who Jesus was, but he wanted, he wanted to do what he did with Eve in the garden. I want to challenge you. If you are the son of God and Jesus just basically turned around and just said, it is written. Yeah. 
the word was spoken. Absolutely. And that whole, well, even that scenario in the garden, I mean, that Satan doesn't say anything to Eve about Eve, right? He doesn't get her to question her. He gets her to question God. And he says, did God really say? So it just, yeah, it goes back to the word. What do you believe about his word? What do you believe about God and his character and what he has said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says, what, yeah, what, what did, did God really say you couldn't do? Did God really say that? That's what he got her to doubt was God's word and God's character, God's goodness. Right. So he, that bit I got. I, sorry, go on, Susan. That no, bit I got. I, I never got the part about the fact that he didn't talk about Eve. He talked about wow. Yeah, yeah. He never said any. He did not attack her directly. Yeah, that's yeah. Which goes back to just what we were saying earlier. If you don't know God, mm-hmm. you can't know you, and you will easily doubt what he says if you don't know who he is. And that's exactly what what he did with eve which is crazy because she walked literally walked with him every day yeah how could she not know him yeah and yet that's that's all the serpent asked did god really say that's what's happening to us on a daily basis now all the time but Mm -hmm. we have the choice to say no more and start looking at christ and who christ is and actually enjoying even if we just we were just to look at christ's identity and just keep looking in the face of jesus he'll show us who we are Mm -hmm. just by looking at him just by saying you know jesus i'm just going to spend some time just just focusing on your goodness Mm -hmm. taking one scripture i like what you said the other day susan just taking one scripture and just meditating on that scripture until that scripture becomes like flesh Mm. tangible something that you can touch Mm -hmm. wow i'm I'm kind of um (laughs) yeah it don't happen very often but lost words (laughs) because i'm just thinking about how good god is Mm. and what he's given to us and what we've chosen in his place Mm. the the, uh the fake that we've accepted the counterfeit that we've accepted and called that grace god's love Mm. christianity and i'm basically Mm. doing the parenthesis sign here (laughs) (laughs) the christianese thing Mm. and yet the life that god has promised us is just so amazingly beautifully colorful and we've chosen the black and white parts and and we can't even get that right so it's gray Mm. so Susan, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Any final <laughs> words? Any final? Any final gems? Because you drop them sometimes. That I'm like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Hmm. Final thoughts. I would just go back to what you said about asking Holy Spirit to show you who you are. Hmm. And actually believe when you ask that he actually wants to reveal you to you. 
Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the other big thing is that, you know, one of the issues that I had for a long, long time, I would believe that if I prayed and asked God for anything, it's going to be a long road. It's mm. going to be a long road of begging and saying it in different ways until the, the way that I say it at a particular time would be, yeah, he understood that. But, you know, <laughs> but the word of God says that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. And we know that if he hear us, he will grant us the petitions that we have desired of him. Mm. I could unpick that. In fact, actually, I think that we ought to make that. <laughs> the next (laughs) podcast that we do honestly pick that scripture apart because there is so much in there Mm -hmm. but the one element that i will bring out here is that he hears us he absolutely hears us before we even ask he knows what we're going to ask and so he wants to give us the answer he wants to reveal us to us yeah he wants us to know who we are yeah and he wants us to know who he is amen so those, those would be my two assignments for you today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The te- teacher yeah. and me coming out. <laughs> I'm giving you homework. <laughs> yeah. Ask Holy Spirit to show you who you are and who God is. Um, I would do those separately, but yeah. Asking yeah. those two questions and then just listen. Yeah. Just stop yeah. talking and listen. And he will answer you. And even Trish can do that. Stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent. Excellent. Susan, thank you so much. I absolutely love doing these podcasts with you. I really do. You come out with some real gems. And, um, you know, I hope people don't see these podcasts as just we're jumping on the bandwagon. Um, you know, if people go back to the first episode to understand why I started Kingdom Switch, it, it, it is because I realized that for too many years, I lived below the standard that God had called me to. And it's not a standard of I do and I don't and I'm right and I'm wrong. It is the standard of the grace that God has given us. And I just fell short of it because I just never thought I was worthy enough. I, 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 I literally want, we want people to switch systems, switch kingdoms and live in the best, God has the best health system we will ever know. He has the best financial system we will ever know. He has the best education system we will ever know, but we can't tap into it whilst we're still focused on what we haven't got who we're not and who other people say that we are and we're you know trying to pacify everybody else by doing what everybody else wants us to do and behave like everybody else wants us to behave amen i think that was perfectly said i'm gonna leave that right there Thank you so much, Susan. So I am grateful to you guys listening to today's episode. Please share and um, we'll be back. I think Susan's back with me in the next three weeks um, for another episode, but we are going to post these these two episodes, part one and part two. So they're back to back. But uh, I will see you on the next episode of Kingdom Switch. And uh, Susan will be joining me again in the next few weeks anyway, which I always look forward to. So guys, ciao for now and uh, go live in that kingdom and enjoy the benefits of the kingdom because it's what God wants.